Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm by myself for White Pill Wednesday. Charlie is not here. If this is your first time listening, go back to an episode where both of us are here, maybe on Monday, something like that. It's been a weird couple weeks. I'll just tell you that. And if you want to make sure you catch every single episode every day of the week when we want to, then hit follow, hit subscribe, go to joingml.com so you can watch live. So on White Pill Wednesday, it is in fact, let me check, it is Wednesday, okay, on White Pill Wednesday, I try to highlight good stories. You know, we talk about a lot of bad stuff all the time. There's plenty of bad things to talk about. I've got a full show for the next two days saved up already of things that are bad that we are upset about, but it's not all bad. A lot of times what we will talk about will be little wins for smaller government, reduced government, limited government. Sometimes it's technological advances and it could be anywhere from food production to healthcare. So we're going to go through a few of those things today on the political front. The thing that a lot of people are talking about today is the San Francisco DA, Chase Bowden being recalled. I didn't even know that this was going on, but obviously they've had a big issue with uh, crime in San Francisco. Now, what I've seen people point out is that you can't actually see a spike in crime from the time that Bowden came into office. I don't know. I haven't actually looked at that. But this article from The Hill, towards the end of it, I have one slight issue where it says that this strikes a blow to criminal justice reform. Listen, there is a difference in criminal justice reform, uh, making sure that everyone gets their fair shot in court, uh, making sure that we aren't disproportionately uh, arresting certain groups of people when that's not, in fact, the case uh, for what's going on. And so what I mean by all of this is there's a difference in criminal justice reform that we would support, which is legalizing things or decriminalizing things that people often get arrested for or things that cops are often looking for. And then there's another form of criminal justice reform where you literally just let people take liberties away from others, steal from others, hurt others, and you don't prosecute them for it. That's not the criminal justice reform that we're looking for. People still have rights, and the government's job is to protect those rights. And in San Francisco, and I believe in California, and several other places around the country, people are getting sick of this, and it shows. I believe the margin was at least 60% voted for the recall. Now, Mayor London Breed gets to choose the next person. I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, we, we will that that has yet to be seen, but I think this sends a signal to people who are on the far, far, far extreme left that people are not 
down with this, okay? We can do criminal justice reform without just letting people steal from people or letting people break into people's homes and cars and not prosecuting people for it. That's not what people are talking about. We need to start with drug laws, people who are only doing things that harm themselves. If cops were looking less for that and, in fact, going towards crimes where people were harming others, well, wouldn't that be a good place? So it's always good to have a nice signal that people are getting fed up, that things might be changing. Speaking of things changing, you know, we had the, uh, I want to say thanks to Amanda for posting this one, and I believe posting the last one because she's in California as well. Um, you know, we had the ACLU that used to fight really hard for free speech for everyone. Well, there's there's this organization called FIRE, and this was the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. And so they were doing on-campus free speech advocacy. Well, now FIRE is announcing that they're doing a $75 million expansion into off-campus free speech. So it's now Foundation for Individual Rights in ex and Expression. And so now they're going to be go out going out there fighting for free speech because the ACLU, they, they do it sometimes. You know, they still do some things that I think are pretty good, but they're not what they used to be. All right, we all have a right to free speech, regardless of whether or not you agree with what that person is saying. And it's just good to have another organization getting out there saying that they are going to help protect those rights. And in court, that's not easy to do. So anytime an organization like that pops up, this is not an ad for them, by the way. I just want to let you know that people are doing the work. They're doing the groundwork. They're making the investments that need to be made uh, to try and fix some of these problems that we have right now. You get enough court cases out there, enough rulings in the right direction, then it doesn't matter how much people are spouting off about all the things they're mad about. You've, you can establish that legal protection for speech that I think you're already supposed to have. It's not all bad, right? Speaking of people putting in the money and putting in the investment, we talked about this a little while back with Mark Cuban, and thanks to Nicole for sending this over just a little bit ago. We talked about this probably a couple months ago with Mark Cuban starting this company whose goal is to slash drug prices. All right, so from, from Newsweek here, it says, new Mark Cuban company slashes high drug prices and, quote, life-changing. Now, they are streamlining everything except for the name of the company, which is the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company, or the MCCPDC. They, I would recommend they work on that a little bit. I don't know what they're going to call it. But celebrity investor Mark Cuban is receiving praise on social media after he launched a new company that provides patients access to affordable medications. What? I thought that only the government could do this. I thought that we needed a new law to make this happen. I thought Congress was going to have to step in and make sure that we put price caps on drugs and all of that. Well, it is in fact the case that this billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and also we know him from Shark Tank. That's one of my favorite super cheesy, uncomfortable shows to watch. My wife can't stand it at all. Sometimes I turn it on just to bother her because it's so darn cheesy. Well, he's putting his money where his mouth is and doing this cost plus drug pricing for generic drugs. I think they do a 15% markup on here. The investor said he aims to be a low cost provider of medications to patients. He says there was an obvious need for MCCPDC for patients 
please change the name. Something easy. Let's just do like one word. I don't know what we'll call it, but that's too much. The industry is so convoluted, we felt by simplifying things, we could offer low pricing for medications. In a statement on the company's website, Cuban said he started the company because every American should have access to safe, affordable medicines. Now, there's one thing to say that every American should have access to safe, affordable medicines and then expect Congress to put price caps on drugs and dictate what people can charge for things, which ends up messing up the entire market. So that's one way to say that you think everyone should have access to safe, affordable medicines. The other way is to actually create that solution, which is what Mark Cuban is doing. He said, if you don't have insurance or have a high deductible plan, you know, even the most basic medications can cost a fortune. Many people are spending crazy amounts of money each month just to stay healthy. No American should have to suffer or worse because they can't afford basic prescription medications. Uh, they're doing markup of 15% from whatever their cost is. And he talked about, here's one good example here for, uh, a, let's see, albendazole, which can cost as much as $500 per course. Albendazole is $26 for them to buy it. They mark up the price by 15% so they can run the company and invest and disrupting the pricing for as many drugs as they can. So he's got to explain why they have to put a markup on there. Like, oh, we want to get paid for the work that we're doing. Uh, he said that makes the base price 30. And then they add on the actual cost of the pharmacy charges to prepare and provide the prescription, which is $3. So that makes albendazole $33 versus as much as $500 per course. A lot of people sounding off online about how amazing this is. And if there's one point that I want to get across with this, it is that how was Mark Cuban able to do this? Is it because he lobbied the right people in Congress? Because he got the right coalition of angry and upset people? He built a big enough mob to get the right president in there or to get the right representatives in office or to get the right person running the FDA? He was able to do it because he has so much money. Now, how was he able to do that? He was able to do that because he was able to invest and grow his capital. I don't know what he started from, but he's obviously doing pretty well right now. And the fact that we live in a country where you're still able to do that, that led to him being able to use that money in the right way to create this company that's going to actually be able to solve a problem. If the government were to do this and just put a price cap on albendazole and they were to say it was going to be $33, but they don't actually solve any of the other problems, like some of the middlemen that Mark Cuban's company is cutting out right here that are apparently putting massive upcharges on everything. And by the way, they're not going through insurance. These are cash prices for things. Um, if, if he wasn't able to go do this and instead Congress was going to put price caps, that would end up just messing up the entire market. With this solution right here, it's not going to mess up the market at all. In fact, it's going to make it a lot more efficient. So capitalism, a free market, solving a major problem that has been exacerbated by the government. Let's stay on health here for a minute. I got a couple other things. It's White Pill Wednesday, by the way. So we'll stay on health. Speaking of, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's show, and that is BetterHelp. Now, I get burnout sometimes. You guys ever get burnout? I, I do. I work 
tons of hours. I work at least 11 hours a day on the trading class, on the podcast, and all the other stuff that's going on. I'm going back and forth between Chattanooga and Illinois, seeing my family, my wife's family. I get really burnt out, okay? Life can be really overwhelming. And, you know, it's not just me. You're probably burnt out as well. Maybe you don't even know it. Maybe you think that admitting that being burnt out means that you're admitting failure or weakness or something. That's ridiculous, all right? It is possible to get burnt out. You could, you could be experiencing some symptoms like your lack of motivation. Maybe you're irritable. I heard that uh, from, from my wife one time as well, that maybe I was irritable. I'm tired. Now, I have narcolepsy as well, so I do get tired. Uh, for sure. So we think it always has to do with work, but that's that's not, it can be emotional issues as well. Maybe issues with friends and family, anything that's going on in your life. So BetterHelp Online Therapy, they want to remind you to prioritize yourself. You can talk with someone and figure out what is causing all of this stress in your life. All right. Charlie uses BetterHelp. He still talks to his therapist at least once a week, if not twice a week. He loves it. He started using it probably a couple of years ago and has been using it since then. He really enjoys talking to his therapist. I'm not going to tell you what they talk about, okay? But he's been able to pick the person that was right for him. They set him up with someone, and it, it's just been a really good experience so far. So they're going to be able to match you up with someone that, that works for you. This is a customized online therapy, so you're going to get video, phone, even a live chat with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to do the video. That's just an option for you. It's way more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in the under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Okay. Let's move on to another health story here. This is a really good one. Now, if you're in our, I believe we've said this on the podcast before as well, but if you're in our trading class, you have heard me say several times, I think there will be a major announcement on cancer, possibly before the midterms. But uh, I think uh, I would put about a 90% probability on the idea that there will be a major announcement on cancer before the next presidential election. That was one of the promises that Joe Biden made when he was running for office was that he was going to cure cancer or that the people were going to cure cancer while he was the president. I think he probably knew that we were getting close to this. And if you see the stock news coming through on these different companies like I do every day, trust me, we're actually really close to it. My, my wife also works for a cancer research hospital, so I hear about all the cool stuff that they're doing all the time. So from the blaze, and I saw this across a lot of different, a lot of different sites, shocking cancer study shows new treatment leaves every patient disease free, 100% of the patients. A new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine has shown that all 18 rectal cancer patients participating in an experimental drug trial went into remission following a six month treatment. The study, the journal reported, was spearheaded by doctors at Memorial Sloan Kettering and drug maker GlaxoSmithKline also backed the research. According to the study, 18 cancer patients who were given the experimental immunotherapy drug every three weeks for six months ended up in remission by the end of the trial. The portion of the study read, we initiated a prospective phase two study in which single 
agent, uh, the name of the medication, which I'm not going to try to say what it is. It's a monoclonal antibody, was administered every three weeks for six months in patients. The treatment was to be followed by standard chemoradiotherapy and surgery. The study found that all 18 patients saw a clinical response with no evidence of tumor or magnetic resonance imaging following the six-month regimen. At the time of the report, no patients have received chemotherapy or undergone surgery. This is something that doesn't happen very often in drug trials. That's why it's an actual news story that people are posting. They did this experimental trial, and every one of them ended up being cancer-free within six months. That's good news. Now, this is one specific type of cancer. My wife has told me several times that what people don't understand is that cancer is not just this general thing. It is the same thing. It's that there's all different types and every one of them is different. And so you need a cure for each one of them. Uh, but we've seen a ton of these stories where companies are having really good results with these new cancer treatments. And I think we're getting close. And if that's not a white pill, then I don't know what is. It's not all bad. All right. There are good things going on. One more health thing, and we're going to get into uh, something about school safety and maybe a little bit on this uh, technology that people are working on for uh, for batteries. So one more health thing here. This is crazy because I saw this in the movie Face Off in like the 90s, and I think we're getting close. Once again, it's not all bad. We're getting close to Face Off becoming a reality. No, that's not what this is. This is a 3D printed ear. Was made and transplanted from a patient's own living cells. They took their cells and then they 3D printed a Galdern ear and they attached it to the person. Is that not insane? I mean, seriously, they actually did this in the movie Face Off. They, a guy had lost his ear and one time they go into the lab and they're like printing, they're 3D printing an ear in this lab. So that's what made me think of that movie. Just imagine the applications that that can have. We could exchange uh, each other's faces from now on. Well, I didn't mean to keep talking about Face Off, but that's all I can think about. And I do believe I'm going to watch that movie tonight if it's available on any of the uh, streaming platforms. If you haven't seen it, I mean, you, you really can't do much better as far as a 90s action movie. I believe it's a 90s movie. It's John Travolta, Nicolas Cage. Come on, man. It's amazing. In a major advance in the field of biological 3D printing, a firm has successfully transplanted a a printed ear made from a patient's own stem cells. Such a procedure has been theorized for over a decade, but demonstrations have never been carried out at a scale now being done by medical researchers at 3D Biotherapeutics. So I don't have to tell you all the details about this, but I'm just glad that they're trying this kind of stuff. Okay, this person, their ear was uh, was all finangled and, and messed up and now they were able to print an ear out of their own stem cells and get that thing attached on there and now they don't have to go around uh with this uh with this all messed up here anymore that's good news that's a white pill one more thing in here so we've talked about the school shootings and uh, of course people are discussing and arguing about different types of legislation that will solve this one of the things that i do believe we need to do I do think it's okay to arm some of the teachers at the schools. Now, as if someone, if I were someone that was running a school, I would want to make sure that they were well-trained before doing that. I'll say that. 
but some of the specifications they have out there are, are ridiculous with the amount of training. Like it would make you more proficient than a lot of people who are police officers out there. No offense uh, to anyone, but uh, there is a school, first school in Georgia to arm teachers and train them. I'm going to play this video. You'll just hear the audio, but here we go. I'm Carolyn Ryan. I'll show you the training one school district has implemented all in the name of safety. If you come to our school and harm our students or our staff, you will be taken out with deadly force. Lawrence County is the first school district in the state of Georgia to arm its teachers. There's a perception that it's like the Wild West and teachers walking down the hallways with 9mm strapped to their side. That's not the case. The policy was researched, vetted, and implemented with the help from local law enforcement. Those who want to participate have to pass a psychological exam and background check. Then they go through intense training with the sheriff's office. Put thumbs are forward. Did you volunteer? I volunteered. I did. He said this is something I know I need to do. Yes. This teacher, whose identity we agreed to keep confidential, is one of 45 armed staff members. But some critics argue it takes away from their primary job, teaching. Do you find that it's taken your focus away in any way from teaching? It hasn't affected me in that way. Um, I would be more upset to know that I was a sitting duck than if I went and helped. Being locked and loaded is a responsibility these teachers don't take lightly, but it's one they'll gladly bear if it means keeping these kids safe. Okay, so that's a good news story right there. I do think that this is one of the answers that we can have. I think that if people know that teachers are armed or there are armed people potentially multiple armed people inside of these schools, uh, then they're going to be less likely to go into that school and carry out some type of attack. Or if they do decide to take uh, to carry out that attack, that they could be stopped a lot faster than some of the response times that we have seen in these different situations. Now, people on the left, they don't, they don't like this. And I think there's multiple reasons why. I want to go to the strategery reason why. I think the reason they don't like it is because they want to be able to get some type of gun legislation. They've been wanting to get this gun legislation for a long time and they take this, uh, they see this as a way of giving up and saying that we don't need any gun legislation. So they won't get behind this, even if it does make sense. They'll make arguments against it. They won't get behind people doing this because then it seems like you're giving up. And I think it's a uh, I know this is a weird comparison, but I've been comparing this a lot to the argument between the left and the right on immigration. I know that that's a, I know that's a weird thing. So there might in fact be a lot of people on the right that would be okay with all the people who have came into the country getting some sort of citizenship or a path to citizenship or amnesty. And they don't want to do that because they want the border secured first. They want that done. And if there are going to be a compromise on those things, then it would involve a border, some type of security. I'm not going to say the W word. It would involve some type of security for the border. And you could compromise and couple that with a path to citizenship for people at the same time. But neither side will blink on this issue because they both want to make sure that they get the thing that they want out of this situation. I think that's one of the major things. And I will, once again, I will plead to Republicans once again to, to realize that the people that have came into the country, uh, that they are not your problem. 
And if you're worried about how they're going to vote, then when their votes, they're likely if if uh, if people coming here from south of the border are likely to vote for Democrats, there's one major reason that they're likely to vote for Democrats, and that's because they don't think the Democrats will send them back to the communist hellhole that they fled from. And I do believe that if Republicans would actually support letting people stay here, openly supporting letting people stay here, that you would see those uh, voting tendencies change quite a bit. So that's one part where there's compromise and neither one will move in the direction that they need to move in because they want to make sure they get the thing that they care about. Democrats don't want to wall uh, because they still want to have as much immigration as possible. The Republicans won't do any type of path of citizenship because there's no wall. There's no border security. I messed up and said the W word. There's no border security. And they're worried that if we did the path of citizenship, then that means you're going to get this massive flood and there'll never be any border security. And so you get this stalemate on the issue. I think the same thing's happening with guns. I think a lot of people on the left would realize that there are common sense measures that people on the right are proposing like allowing people in the schools to be armed so they can respond quickly if someone comes in there and tries to shoot up the place. Um, Yes, single points of entry. I think that that is a decent idea. It's not the end-all, be-all. It's not the total solution. What happens when you get a single point of entry if it's at a busy time? You end up with a massive line of people trying to get into the same door, and then that just becomes the target, if I'm understanding that that's my assumption is what would happen is then you just get this big grouping of people at the single point of entry. But during the day, that single point of entry would, would make sense. And of course, people on the left have made this into a pretty funny joke. I'll admit that it's funny talking about door control. Uh, that uh, I, I don't know. It's a good joke. I don't agree with their premise, but it is a good joke overall. Anyway, this school right here, that was a long tangent right there. This school is actually doing something that could help and it might in fact save the lives of the students in that school or or a lot of them, most of them, if someone were to come in and try to do something terrible. So that's that's a white pill right there. One more single thing, and there's not a ton of news behind this, but we talk about we talk about climate change, we talk about the clean energy and all of that. I do just want to let everyone know that there are some cool things on the horizon. We talk about batteries a lot. One of the problems with electric vehicles is this. I, I was talking to my wife about getting an EV the other day when we get our, our next car, which is what they want me to do. But I was talking to her about getting an EV and she's like, well, where do we, you know, what if we're driving and we need to charge it? How long do we have to wait? You know, we can fill up the car in a couple minutes how long do we have to wait to charge up the car if we're going on a long trip? Because we go on a lot of long trips. Well, there are ways that we can do fast charging. And these batteries, these solid power batteries, um, they're actually able to be charged really quickly. These solid state batteries can charge faster and they can hold more power because they're not using the, the liquid like normal batteries are. And there is a company called Solid Power, which is in Colorado, which is backed by BMW and Ford, that has begun pilot production of a solid-state battery that promises to offer EV owners more range and shorter recharging times at a lower 
cost. Now, when we talk about how dumb all of these ideas are, moving over to clean energy, we talk about solar power, we talk about EVs and all the issues that we have. It's not because I hate the idea of solar or wind power or any of the other clean powers. It's not because I hate electric vehicles. I actually think it would be cool to to have one. Um, if if these if these forms of power are in fact cleaner and they can be cheaper and you can charge them faster and they can last longer than the current batteries that we have. If you have all of those things at the same time, then the market is going to move in this direction. And I hope it moves in that direction. I think that that would be really good if these kinds of batteries could store more power from solar panels, uh, if they could make EVs have longer ranges, if they could charge faster and they end up being cheaper. Let's not be automatically against those because they involve clean power. They, uh, they involve EVs. All right. We like technological innovation. We like capitalism creating these technological innovations and creating these solutions in the market. That's what I would say to someone on the right who might be automatically opposed to this. To someone on the left, what I want them to know is, as far as the technology that we have right now, we're not there yet. And pushing us over to this technology right now with the with the current innovations and technologies that we have it's too soon they're not ready all right if you would have mandated that everyone bought a model t when they came out then what if they would have never needed to create whatever the model was after that that was better you know, they, they kept making them better because they needed to, because they needed, what if it wouldn't have been, what if the next one wouldn't have been cheaper? They make them better and cheaper because they need to entice people to buy them. And when you force people to buy these things, or you force the entire, in, the industry to go this way, you lose the incentive for innovation and investment in creating something that the market wants to shift its money towards. And instead you leave us stuck at whatever that point is. Whatever the point is right now that we're at, you kill the opportunity, the necessity for innovation from that point. So if you really want a clean, green future, don't stop the market from innovating. And the way that you don't stop the market from innovating is you don't mandate that people buy these things. They need to entice people to buy these things. And you don't do it by making gas so expensive that people have to do it. You force these people through incentives through needing to entice people to buy their products to get better that who knows if we if we mandate everyone use this technology right now and we freeze ourselves in time with this technology that's not good all right but if we instead allow people to switch over to it through the incentive process because they want to get people's money freely uh, then who knows the kind of technology we would have in 10 years. And that's always the unseen. That's the thing that we don't know is what innovations have we missed out on because people were forced into buying something or a market was held down by the government or another market was propped up by the government. So anytime we see these new innovations come out, I see that as a white pill when I see the market creating these things because I'm not opposed to a clean, green, renewable future where we all just... Uh, 
magically get power and we don't have to pay for it. That's what some people think is going to happen. It's not what's going to happen. But uh, where we don't have to pay for it, um, I'm not opposed to that if it can come about naturally and it's the best technology that we could possibly have. So anyway, those are the, the white pills for White Pill Wednesday. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Once again, the point of this is to make sure we all know that it's not all bad. There are still good things happening. The market will find a way, all right? Capitalism will find a way. And I like to remind myself of that because I look at all the crazy things that the government is doing, and that's just how great human beings are and our capacity to work through problems to work and to work towards solutions. One of the problems, one of the impediments are the regulations and the laws, the taxes from the government. And that's another thing that I think the market's actually going to be able to innovate past, no matter how hard the government tries. I think we're at a point where they're going to be able to innovate past those things. I want to tell you guys about this upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorup and expatmoney.com. Over 30 experts are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. It is free to attend. And this is an online summit that is free to attend. It's going to have 30 experts on it. expatmoneysummit.com. The link will be in the show notes. Reclaim your freedom from chaos and uncertainty. There's plenty of that out there. So you're going to learn about how to secure your own Plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find freedom for yourself and your family, how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions, and get in and out of different countries' borders. You'll learn about a libertarian island safe haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, food and energy, independent towns in Latin America, all kinds of great stuff. Go register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app it is. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars. If you think it's less than five stars, give us four. If you think it's less than that, then ignore the uh, this proposition right now, okay? And if you're on Apple, well, then go on and leave us a review as well. I mean that when I say it. This tells the algorithms that people like listening to this show. Tell a friend, tell a family member. If you do all those things, we'll be right back here again tomorrow. Same Liberty time, same Liberty channel. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>